Today's show is sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com. If you are a bourbon group or you are a store or a distillery and you need custom laser etched glassware at wholesale prices, that means the prices are pretty damn good, y'all. Check out distilleryproducts.com. I am happy to get you in touch with them. It is a family-owned and operated business. Carson, Janie, Vicky, all the good folks over there at distilleryproducts.com. They not only have laser etched glassware, they also have awesome swag like customized flasks and other cool things like drink stirs. Check it all out. Go to distilleryproducts.com, see for yourself, and reach out to me. I would love to get you in touch with them. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Orca Coolers. It is summer. Summer is hot. It's hot everywhere. You need a cooler that is going to be able to hold ice while it's hot. And Orca Coolers has that. They also have awesome tumblers. They have a barrel tumbler. It looks like a little whiskey barrel. Check them all out at orcacoolers.com. Use code DADSEASON and get 20% off your order. That's D-A-D-S-E-A-S-O-N. Make sure to check them out. Get a cooler or a tumbler. I mean, that cooler holds ice three, four, five days, no problem. I mean, you open that thing up after a few days, the ice looks like you just put it in there. Make sure to go to orcacoolers.com and use code DAD. Season. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Action247.com, Tennessee's only sports book by Tennesseans for Tennesseans. And this week, there is another 100K free to play game. Check out their NFL Week One Challenge because it is the preseason and there is going to be weekly promos leading up to the college and NFL regular seasons. This week, Tuesday through Sunday, bet $15 on any NFL preseason game and get a $30 free bet. There's MLB parlays, there's action boosts. Make sure to check them out out and use code dads 100 you will get matched up to 400 dollars of your first deposit at action 247.com cheers so zeke you're telling me you have something in your head and you're not necessarily sure how to get it out this is not the first time you have said this to me yeah but normally you know it's just because too many syllables and i can't actually say the word this was more along the lines of you, you grew up Eastern time zone. I did as well. I think the difference was I was about 400 feet away from the Alabama line. Have I ever told you what we called central time or, or Alabama time, you know, as the case would have been for me growing up? You have not. Slow time. Mm. Mm. Our guest said he was on fast time. Exactly. We- when he said it, I'm like, damn, that's perfect. We always called central slow time growing up. Yes, sir. <laughs> Everyone, my name is John Edwards, and with me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. I don't know why Zeke is now taking his shirt off and showing his saggy moobs to our guest. I like them. They're sweet. You got sweet moobs, man. Man, if those are moobs, Edwards has got the udders of a 40-year heifer. Mine are all muscle, bro. (laughs) Consider me Dolly Parton, maybe. (laughs) Well, that is the man who is on Fast Time, and we are very happy to have him on. We have uh, Chase Hazelbaker from Prohibition Craft Spirits, so PCS. You might know them as the people that put out Nulu. You've been seeing Nulu everywhere. There's been a bourbon, some rye, some picks, 
We have some experimental finishes coming out. We want to hear all about it. But Chase and you on your fast time up in Kentucky, which we're, we're trying to figure out why Kentucky is on Eastern time, even though it is directly above us. But welcome to Dad's Drinker Bourbon. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Chase is not a dad. We were talking when you were 20 minutes late when you were taking a nap. It's his one year anniversary, so he's not a dad yet. They're not rushing to become a dad, but he might be starting to think about it. Is there any words of wisdom that you want to give him prior to uh, their big one year anniversary vacation in Jamaica that is coming up? Well, on the note of Jamaica, I would say very simply my, my advice and even my own thought process was essentially travel if you can and do any you know goals or achievements that you may be able to before the kids mm. simply so whenever that day comes um it helps to minimize that whole grass is always greener or i wish i'd done this or that you know yada yada i always heard that from a lot of people i was the last of all my close friends to have kids but almost so that, that was always my mindset though it was like do it all get out of the way if I'm able to circle back and do it again when they're older for a, a round two kind of thing or encore or whatever, sweet. But um, I, I want to maximize that and, and have it all said and done so that, you know, when that time rolls around, you don't have anything else to worry or focus about but them. You just enjoy that. I appreciate it, man. Chase, we digress. Welcome to the show, and we hope that you have a great vacation coming up by the time this comes out. But you started prohibition craft spirits tell us a little bit about yourselves how you got started and why you chose nulu as the name of the brand that came from prohibition craft we'll rewind like 2015 uh, my dad is a certified financial planner and he took on this distillery client derby city spirits there was a president, Jay Blevins, and a distiller whom we still partner with, Harrison Hyden. Got into Forecastle, which is a music festival up here. They uh, were the like endorsed tequila, or the sponsoring tequila brand. So the Nulu Bourbon Barrel Age Tequila was at Forecastle Festival in 2015. From there, they got into Liquor Barn, and within a week of being in Liquor Barn, ABC got called. All the product got pulled from Liquor Barn. ABC raided the distillery, made us dump out a couple thousand gallons of liquor, dismantled the stills. Um, they let us keep one barrel of tequila. It's an early times barrel that's like almost five-year-old tequila. It's pretty good tequila. So yeah, like you got this business that my dad was just consulting for as a financial planner, just trying to get the books balanced to make a private equity investment offering to, you know, accredited investors. And so we're all here. Like my dad got hung with a quarter million dollars in attorney fees Harrison Hyden, he like got hung with, I don't know, that guy Jay had stolen his identity, stolen, you know, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars from Harrison and, and his name and credit and personal, you know, loans and stuff. And so it was just a big mess. And so this guy fled April Fools of 2016. That's, you know, irony of that. So from there, we're like, well, what the hell do we do here? And uh, so everyone kind of that was involved looked to my dad and they're like, Hey man, you're probably the only person that could undig this shitty situation. And, uh, my dad's like, all right, I like distilleries. Let's start one. So he did, you know, applied for a DSP and you know, he's from Texas. He likes everything big. And, you know, he's like, I can do this by myself. We'll be fine. And, uh, so along the road, like four years down the road, we're like, 
we, we haven't made any money, man. Like burn barrel aged tequila in Kentucky is not, not a thing like vodka, gin and rum. They do okay, but you know, you're not the Grey Goose, the Tacos, the Wheatleys, like the Tito's. And so we were, we struggled to find ourselves. And I started working for the distributor here in 2019 here in Kentucky. Um, and I fell in love with bourbon, um, you know, just got to meet people that, you know, let me go in the back room or, you know, we just talked bourbon and I was getting all these really good allocated bourbons and fell in love with it. And, you know, so along that whole year of 2019, I met people that worked at Total Wine, Party Source, all these big store chains and retailers in Kentucky. And, you know, they were selling our vodka and stuff a little bit, but um, at the beginning of the year of 2020, I was like, dad, let's get some MGP barrels. And we already had the brand and trademark for Nulu, which is our bourbon barrel aged tequila. So, we just thought we'd leave with that and make Nulu whiskeys, you know, Nulu bourbon, Nulu rye whiskey, and Nulu is an area downtown Louisville. New Louisville is what it stands for, but our distillery is right on the edge of that. And so we're, you know, we have Nulu bourbon barrel aged tequila, Nulu bourbon, and then we have Phoenix Hill vodka, which is a small neighborhood right off the edge of Nulu. Then there's Baxter's rum, which is Baxter's Baxter road. Uh, or excuse me, Baxter Avenue is the street our distillery's on, and there's a lot of butchering and stuff down there of hogs, and we just have kind of some heritage of these neighborhoods around us, and so that's how we came up with Nulu, and we got 20 barrels last February, and we've kind of just ran and ran and ran and ran and ran since, and it's super fun, but Nulu's just, it just stuck. Now, how quick after you get 20 barrels do you realize that you probably should have got 40? Uh, within like two months, it was... Uh, <laughs> it looked like wow what, how are we going to sell the first one to where it was like we sold the first one and then a couple weeks later we sold the second one and then it kind of just snowballed i'm like dad we need 40 more and he was like i ordered 10 i was like what the hell are you doing man like 10 barrels what the hell are we supposed to do with that he's like well we got like 14 left it's like what that's come on man so it was always like uh trying to get him on, on board and but yeah pretty quickly we realized we didn't have enough. We feel like we're never going to have enough. You know, we just want more and more and more because the more you buy or the more you distill, the more flavors you can find or blend or toast or whatever. One of the things for Nulu that was to your advantage was especially last year when all the big distilleries started going lights out. You know, the lights were on for them, but the lights were out for the public. Bourbon groups are looking at where to get barrels. And, you know, there's stores that are looking to get private barrels. And places like yourselves, Starlight, Nashville Barrel Company, you start to see these kind of places. All of a sudden, it's like, wait, what are they talking about on Instagram? What's this Nulu barrel? I mean, the first one I got of y'all stuff was the Larry Bird sticker. You know, and me being from Boston originally, it was a, a group down here. They did a rye. And I was mm -hmm. like, what's that barrel that's got Larry Bird on it? I need one of them. I think that really put a spotlight on your distillery and created a buzz around it was just the fact that you all were doing stuff when others weren't. Absolutely. I agree with what you said about the other <clears throat> brands or distilleries. I mean, these big guys just keep shutting it down, even regardless of COVID, like, Four Roses is like no private barrels for the whole state of New York this year. You're like, what? The whole state of New York doesn't get a private barrel Four Roses, which is crazy. And even so, I mean, there's, there's other things in some of the other distilleries where they're not letting you go to the distillery to do a pick. It's all samples being sent. Some people are down for that. Some people aren't. Some mm -hmm. people want that experience of going up and pulling from the thief. There's a whole 
just different environment, I think, post-pandemic as to private selects. They were already kind of cutting down the amount of barrels people were getting. You have a lot of it is more cutthroat because more stores want... I mean, originally, right, there were like 10 stores that are like, please give me private barrels of everything. And then as that popularity went up and up and up, now you got 100 stores still fighting for those same 10 barrels people that were getting barrels before not necessarily getting barrels like they used to. It's kind of sad to see because the loyalty, you know, you got stores like rural Inn, liquor barn and, you know, there's, I'm sure Lincoln road, you know, they had as many four roses as they could at a time. They had one of each recipe or they had, you know, they'd buy as many Buffalo trace products as they could. And it just dwindles away. Last year I got two this year. I'm getting one, you know, you know, we hear that all the time. And it sucks to hear that, but I guess it's the way the market's going. The bean counters, you know, they don't care about loyalty. They, you know, they bought a business that's been bought, that's been bought. So what does that leave then for you? Because you started off with 20. I'm assuming you're way more than 20 now. How do you figure out how much to give for picks and how many to blend up as small batches? You know, it's a a weird line um, because we can only bottle so fast. We, you know, bottle by hand, cork by hand roll a label on and then you tape the neck you dip it in wax and you stamp it it's a tedious process i mean just so we can only bottle so much i mean ideally i'd do as many picks as we could could do and blend as much as we could but we can't so that's a great question is we're learning as we go and we really just hope not to piss anyone off and have anyone say you know screw them they told us we could do something or we supported them for x amount of years and now they're taking they're pulling the carpet out from under us you know we never want to have that happen so i feel like it's a fine line of teetering you know overextending yourselves and you know don't overextend yourself but don't limit your growth um so you know like the state of texas just got a 300 case cash strength batch and you know it was distributed in a day and I had retailers blowing up our phones saying, I sold 22 cases to my customers in a few hours. I need more. It's like, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. We never thought that kind of popularity would happen. So I guess what we're trying to do is when we enter new states like you all, Tennessee down there, we do a Tennessee exclusive batch. You know, I can't give every store a single barrel, but what I can do is spread out a few hundred cases and say, hey, this is something that only you, the drinkers of Tennessee, can get. We blended this hoping that you'll love it, that you get great value out of it, that it's a good drinker. And um, so we're trying to just kind of get good cash drink blends out to these states that bring us in. We're not taking on any more states right now. We're spread thin as it is. But from there, it's like, you know, who supported the brand? Who wants to, you know, do business with us? And then from there, it's, you know, we'll just kind of work together. I mean, Jamie from Lincoln Road, he came in in February and he opened up Mississippi and Alabama for us. Somebody like that that's opened up that kind of growth potential, that kind of opportunity just because he himself wanted barrels. You don't, you can't forget that. Like if you do, you just you start becoming only about the money. So this this business was created on loyalty and handshakes and good old boy agreements. So strive never to forget that. So you are in Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama. Where else? New York, New Jersey, Georgia, Florida, Michigan, Alberta, Canada, California, Arkansas. So that's a lot of handshake agreements right there. (laughs) Oh, in Texas. Don't forget about Texas. They're big. (laughs) They can drink a lot of whiskey down there. I would imagine your dad would make sure you were in Texas pretty quick. Oh, man. Being from Texas, he's like, 
tell me what stores that's going to be in. I got some friends down there. I'm like, all right, man. You know, he's Texas is, we like Texas. We built, uh, what's cool is like, you know, what states, you know, we've met a lot of Texas drinkers and they tend to like more bold. So we blended theirs a little more spicy. It had a little leather to it. It wasn't so fruit forward. Whereas California's first batch was like a tropical fruity, bright sugar versus like brown sugar, leather, cocoa, spicy barrel sweetness. Um, so it's kind of cool just doing different stuff for different states and we haven't gotten any complaints yet. But. Just tell your dad it was in specs. That's all he needs to know. You know, as long <laughs> as it gets in specs, it's it's going to sell. So I got told that the, the guy that, I don't know, one of the higher ups at specs called our distributor pretty upset. He was like, why the hell didn't I hear that Nulu came to Texas? Because like they, they had to turn off allocation on it after the first 24 hours. Cause they're like, we, we would have sold it all in like hours. It just, we had to make sure that certain stores got the product that, you know, again, relationships, loyalty, handshakes, all that good stuff. So it was cool. You know, these are all great problems to have. People are upset because they didn't get enough. Awesome. We have more coming. I promise. That is always the, the catch 22 with the whole thing is like, you start to get a little popularity. People want it. Then you can't get enough of it soon enough. But I do find that very interesting that your state blends kind of have that different profile. And it sounds like you're pretty involved in the blending or at least the tasting of the blends that, that come up. How's that been for you? Because, you, you know, the way that it sounds, it's not like you were doing bourbon forever. It's kind of newish to you. Yeah. So, like, yeah. How, what's that been like? <laughs> Man, it's it's crazy. I'm s- I'm so blessed and like freaking spoiled in bourbon um, and life. But I mean, what's so cool, man, is like I went from drinking like barrel aged beers and then I like tried to do the keto thing. So I had to start drinking bourbon and I started working for a distributor and, you know, all these people are like, oh, you got to get well or you got to get this. And I'd walk into these stores, you know, just to see how our displays were doing a vodka gin and rum. They're like, hey, you like bourbon? I'm like, yeah, just start drinking it. And then before you know it, you know, by the end of that first year, I was into Willet pretty heavy like will it distilled will it i can't afford you know i can't buy old willets that's just ridiculous friends that have them awesome but then you know i started to taste btac and i got a taste for higher proof and like really i mean you can tell you spend more on whiskey you get a more rich palate you know and so once you try enough mgp i was like dad let's get some mgp barrels like they're sweet. Some of them at five years old drink like a seven or eight year old bourbon. Some of them at five years old drink like they're two years old and we'll figure out what to do with those. You know, it is what it is. I don't know. This last two and a half years I've been drinking bourbon. I've drank way too much. I've gained a lot of weight in bourbon calories and don't care because it's awesome. And my wife doesn't care. Thank God. And my health's good, but I just drank a, a lot of whiskey and I feel like I have a decent palate. Um, a buddy of mine has been drinking a, a little longer. His name's Jordan Avera. He's our master taster. Um, he's got a better nose, better palate than I do. And once we could see that the brand was growing, we saw a need to find somebody like him. And it just worked out because he helps bottle. And he and, I, shit, he and I were there until 830 today, you know, dumping barrels. You know, So on paper, I work for the distributor, which is cool. But after I'm done with my day job, I go down there and help out for as long as I can. And I don't know, just tasting a bunch of barrels is, is the best way to train your palate. <laughs> you taste a 20, 30 a day you can tell a good one from a bad one. Now that I guess things have gone from, I, I think what sounds like literally not necessarily overnight, but pretty damn close to it. 
from, mm-hmm. hey, let's get some barrels. Oh, shit, they're flying off the shelf. Hey, we got to buy more. Inevitably, so I guess like supply chain-wise, have you locked anything in with uh, MGP or any other distillers? Or what steps are in place to, to guarantee both the short and long-term future? We have enough deals in place. We should end the year with about a thousand MGP barrels, bourbons ranging from five to, or excuse me, four to seven, and then we'll have a rise. I don't know. We might have to buy some younger rye, but we have some five-year rye. But yeah, we'll end the year with probably about a thousand MGP barrels. Then next year we'll buy, you know, decently aged MGP. And but this year is all about securing our next three to five years supply of ready-to-drink quality aged product. Um, so we have those deals in place. We just have to fulfill and continue our portion of the agreements for those. But is it, you know, in the realm of coming from a broker or have you gone to the, the depths of like going direct with MGP, setting up, you know, the contract where this is the mash that we want. These are the cooperage we want. This is the toast and mm-hmm. jar we want. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know it's a rabbit hole of like, you know, I guess boxes to check is when, when you put in that order. Yeah. I just don't know if you've had to go through those hoops or, you know, that hurdle yet. Um, we, have, we haven't chosen to. Uh, we need more age product to secure the longevity of our growth. Um, so, I mean, we, we have enough juice now and we could, you know, to stay in business five years, six years, do plenty of business. It's just we don't want to run out of you know, it's just the excitement we get of doing this business and playing with barrels, blending batches and stuff. We, we rather buy age product now. Um, but next year is the year when we start buying younger barrels. Um, we probably will start contract distilling next year with various distilleries, but we'll probably start grabbing some that can age for three years and be five years, you know, some two and three year old next year versus some, you know, new make, um, you know, just, we don't want to tie up money that needs to wait that long. At the end of the day, it's, you know, even if it's three years old and it's toasted forever or whatever, you know, as long as it tastes good, because I've been blown away by some three-year rise that are finished, honestly, if the price is good. But just kind of where we're heading is next year, that'll be the year we start buying and filling our own barrels at different distilleries. And I mean, we do have a master distiller, Harrison Hyden. He was part of that Derby City Spirits that the fraud was involved. And, you know, like I said, his... His identity was stolen and all. We have probably like 12 barrels of his distillate on our 300-gallon pot still. It takes like a week to make a, a damn barrel. So we don't have time for that anymore. You know, it was fun when, when we were doing it. You know, it's cool to see your own full barrel of, you know, 118 proof entry. It came out different every time. It's such a small still. It was just it's a cool process. But if we want to grow, we got to buy a bunch and continue to. Yeah, I just feel like, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be kind of exposed to more and more things. And, you know, it's like when you said, I think most people just hear or see or think MGP and just kind of apply a certain connotation to it. But Mm -hmm. then you kind of, you know, nerd out to a degree and get deeper into the layers of it. Well, there are a whole ton of variables that go into it. And, you know, it's not apples to apples, oranges to oranges, whatever. And and even then as well, knowing that and, and seeing that, you know, when you buy from a broker, it may be, yeah, I'll let you taste one. Uh, <laughs> nah, bro, I'm going to tell you this is how many barrels I have. This is the price. Pass or a buy or pass or fail kind of thing. You know, like take it or don't, but if you don't, 
I'm going to move on down the road. So yeah. I, I, I feel like as you get more and more riding on it and you're probably buying bigger lots of barrels, that is, it, it's got to get a little uncomfortable at times to be doing that sight unseen, essentially, pallet-wise. Yes and no, man. Like like you said, like people hear MGP and they're like, all MGP is the same. But like you just said, like you got to think the people that contract distilled five, six, seven years ago, that's where these brokers barrels are coming from. Like whoever chose like Kelvin Char four medium toast back then, like I f- really love you. Um, <laughs> I do because great dude, save. <laughs> it's. Like the Cooperage plays a huge deal. We had some four-year-old, four-and-a-half-year Char 4 Speyside barrels that had 95.5 rye in them. Unbelievable. Some of them drank better than some six- and seven-year ISCs that we had. And then some of them drank, you know, liquid hot magma because they're, you know, 95.5 rye that was like four years old. Some of them were killer. Um, We've gotten some really good uh, Colombian oak 21% ryes that were really just different. Those are actually in... That Tennessee batch, there's two of those in there that are just about six years old. And then the third barrel in that Tennessee batch was an ISC Char 4. Um, but, I mean, Kelvin Char 4s with medium toast, those are the most rich five years. They come out, like, almost black at five years old. It's just crazy what manipulating these wood oils and these different, um, you know, I guess oils, tannins, whatever you want to call them, these different flavors that come out of these different chars and toast levels, that's that's a huge variable. And then everyone else's wood is different. Is it seasoned for six months, 24 months? You know, you can really nerd out. But at the end of the day, those people or brokers, I should say, that laid down these barrels five, six, seven, ten years ago, like they were kind of ahead of the market. They're setting the market. You know, there's only going to be 2,008 year 95.5 rise in the wholesale market. There's only going to be 10,000 of these 36% rise and you know, Kelvin Char 3, toast heavy. You know, it's just, it's cool to know that that's kind of how this business was going, done and where it's going to go because there's more people jumping in and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems that way. And, and like I say, John and I are lucky enough to be privy to see some things like that and taste things like that. And I guess kind of even thinking on the fly, have y'all thought about possibly, especially for some of your single barrel picks, even though obviously, you know, you didn't select it going in, throwing out, you know, maybe more cooperage information so that buyers have a better idea. Because again, you know, MGP is not MGP anymore, but if I'm going to the store and, and you know, I don't know who picked it or, or if it's a distro pick, store pick, whatever, but I see on the label, distilled in Indiana, okay, I know it's MGP. Kelvin cooperage, this toast, this char versus some other cooperage, which I may think didn't put out as good a wood at the time, or I haven't been a big a fan of. Mm-hmm. I think that would definitely sway me in the the buying uh, angle of things. Sure, I love that Wilderness Trail already does that. You know, they're they're huge yeast people. They tell you what yeast strain of theirs they use. They tell you what cooperage, what char and toast level. I mean, you know, I see a Canton barrel. It, it typically is darker. You know, those Canton barrels are more expensive, from what I'm told. I've never bought any personally, but I agree with you completely. For us, it's just we have, you know, 50,000 labels pre-printed that don't have it on there. There's just another damn sticker we'd have to slap on. I mean, we already wax it. There's a medallion. I mean, <laughs> it's just there's so many stickers. <laughs> no, I totally get it. As soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, shit, that's a one more step. Plus, I, I didn't know, uh, going into the question, I didn't know if NDAs w- would block that as well. I think that probably another degree that, 
the brokers probably haven't got to yet, but I could I could see it one day being like, no, nah, man, can't say shit. Just say it's Indiana. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Some brokers, when you talk to them and you ask them for cooperage and char and some of them give you like as much information as they can or all of all of it that you ask, like what we've been talking about. I had another broker that told me, oh, they're MGP cooperage. I was like, MGP doesn't make barrels, man. They just make juice. Like MGP cooperage. He's like, they're all char for MGP cooperage. I'm like, all right. I don't, I don't think we're going to buy these barrels. I think we'll pass. I don't. I mean, because once you realize like that, that is, that's a huge piece of information. Are they Kelvin? Are they ISC? Or, you know, we found that ISCs get great flavor, but they tend to be leakier. So, you know, if I get to choose a hundred Kelvin barrels or a hundred ISCs, I'm taking the hundred Kelvins because they're probably toasted and they're probably tighter and they're sanded and they're Kelvins made here in Louisville. Well, two um, things I would say to that. Number one, I feel like brokers nowadays, though, are just calling brands up and not even saying it's MGP Cooperage, but they're like, I got 10 MGP barrels. You want them? They're going to be gone by the end of the day. You know, and and distilleries are kind of like, all right, yeah, we'll take them. Or the second you say, can I have some more information? They're like, yeah, sorry, they already sold. Like, yeah. and is that something that you have to deal with? Yeah, it went from like, there's 200 weeded to like, what cooperage are they in? And then it was like, well, there's only like 120 left, but they're in space side char four with char two heads. I was like, mm. I would take it all 200. I'll take the 120 now. I mean, that's all there's left, but damn, those are going to be fire. So um, yeah, we did get those, um, those 120. Zeke, but, the second thing I will say though, is don't worry about the sticker, the way they're growing, that'll be done in a month. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, too, uh, it, it almost sounds like in, in terms of, you know, the, the, the bourbon nerds can uh, can understand how fast do you have to bend those barrels? <laughs> they just literally all gone because you know, those guys are blasting out a message to all their people like, hey, just got these in. And, and you're the guy like, can I get a little better picture or can you show me? Yeah. Everyone's oh, eyes. Bro. Somebody just went in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy, man. We've we've gone to buy barrels twice now. We're on a Wednesday. There was forty eight six years some odd month rise or almost six year ninety five five rise, and then by Friday when my I convinced my dad to call him and cut a check for all forty eight, they're like, oh, there's there's eighteen. <laughs> dad, what the hell, dude? Like, well, remember only- back in the day, like you would they'd say like, hey, we're gonna send you samples of these twenty barrels, and if you want them, you can get them. Like they're not even doing that anymore. They're calling distilleries and just being like, "Got these barrels? Do you want them?" That's it. They're gonna get sold. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, getting samples. It's like, what's the point anymore? If you know the cooperage, especially like, it can't be trash. I mean, they're they're too methodical with how they distill. Like they're low methanol content. It's good juice every time. It's just comes down to the barrel with MGP. Yeah, I think that's really going to be the the interesting thing that, you know, our, our you know, when I say our, I mean like the, the, the small group of the bourbon community that, that really gets into this stuff more than, you know, the, the lay drinker sees in probably the next year or three is, is really how much that cooperage weighs in. I was in a, you know, a store earlier and, and had the same conversation. Like, I, I think it always varies from, you know, the old timers or old schoolers, I'd say, you know, that have been around, been forever, like, Brown Foreman's always huge on saying that the cooperage matters the most, which that's why they own their own. But yeah. similar story and conversation I'm having with a guy at the store is just like, man, 
the more I see and the more I taste. And we were having a conversation that led to MGP. It's just like, I think we're all going to eventually get the conclusion that, I mean, you got to be able to, to, to make good juice, do the necessary steps. But if you don't put it in a good barrel with good wood and, and all those little factors that are in there, you're not going to get good juice. No, exactly. Look at New Riff. Four-year juice. They've been running their business on four-year juice for how long? It's in char four heavy toast. And those some of those four-year barrels taste like a six or seven year MGP that's in a char three that's not toasted. Or, you know, it's you get so much more oil and it's it's just crazy. Just like you said, man, you know, people are gonna start finding out they're like, why is this five-year MGP product crushing this five-year MGP product? It's the wood. And I don't know enough about New Rift to say. Uh, you know, conclusively, I guess, but you know, they had, when they first got on the scene, the whole wave of picks and, and John and I had some and we're in some groups that did them and whatnot. And we, we both kind of agreed that for the most part that there seemed to just be too much like char, not in an Oak way, but like in the salty way, you know, young juice char, mm-hmm. it just seemed to all have that. And then like, you know, roughly a year later, Groups start doing, you know, round two of picks, their second version, whatever. Mm-hmm. There were some that I thought, man, like, th- there's no way this is still their four-year product. <laughs> you know, Ever- Eversol's been distilling for how long? It's not like he had to learn the ropes of distilling. I mean, well, he just had to teach them. But, <laughs> but to be honest, I mean, there were some that first year. The ones that were bangers were really, really good, and then there was a big drop off between those really, really good ones. I'll tell you right now, Zeke and I called up. Well, let's be honest. I called up on behalf of both of us. And I said, can we do a hundred proofer pick instead of a barrel strength pick? Mm-hmm. And they were like, unfortunately, no, we're not doing that right now. But we, when we originally got it, we were like, man, those hundred proofers are just. Yeah. Those low proof barrels are so creamy. They're oily. They're sweet and good. But the, the, the point I was getting at was the second wave of picks that came in, at least from what we got here locally, they were all Kelvin, not ISAs. I'm fairly certain of that. I know they weren't ISA. They could have been space side, but I think everyone told me that they, they were like, no, these are the Kelvin barrels that they were laying down after the ISAs. And I'm like, yep. For everything else, essentially to look the same optic-wise, like, man, this juice is good. I just did a pick, and I think they said 10% of their their barrels are Kelvin. The rest are ISC. Okay. The one thing I want to say, though, in talking to you, Chase, it's amazing to me how much you've immersed yourself in and, and what you're talking about here. Just kind of being two and a half years into this, it's just like, do you realize how much knowledge you have now? And does your dad realize how much of an asset you are? Because knowing the difference in the cooperages and how the juice is going to look when it comes out based on a cooperage and whether or not you have leakers. I mean, like this is nerdy shit that you are (laughs) really diving in head first on. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's uh, I had a good thought, but my computer's not wanting to charge. So I forgot it. (laughs) like it's it's so cool but i'm gonna leave that in there but it it is one of those things (laughs) where there's some people that say like okay i want to start a bourbon brand or my family's starting a bourbon brand and we're just gonna go buy a shit ton of barrels and put them out it is what it is it's like hey 
you know, just like the brokers that are selling to y'all, it's like, yeah, it's MGP. It's five year MGP. Just get it. But at the same time, like, I think it's only got to be an asset for the company to have people like you and probably Jordan there that know this stuff during the barrel selection process. And before, you know, somebody could be like, I, I don't know what the difference is between one and three. And you can actually kind of jump in and say, well, actually it's the cooperage. And that's why you're tasting yeah. such a disparity uh, between one and three, not necessarily negative or positive, but it's like, here are the differences. And here's why, like, I just have to, you know, I'm not kissing your ass. I just, when I see somebody take that much attention to their craft, it's very just admirable and commendable and, and uh, hats off to you for getting so deep into it. Thanks, man. I'm usually one of the younger people in the room and I have been my whole life, but I was telling my dad the other day, I was like, man, like when I start talking about whiskey, people listen to me. But as soon as I quit talking about whiskey, they're like, oh, he's a young kid, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll just talk about whiskey because then I have a great conversation, you know? <laughs> well, whiskey is the great equalizer. It's one of those things that doesn't matter who you are, where you came from. Whiskey unites everybody. And uh, that's one of the cool things about it. It's all about who you drank with, stories you had about drinking a bottle together. and Who you wrestled in front of a hotel courtyard in, <laughs> in Tennessee. And, yeah, I mean, that too. <laughs> fun stuff, man. You know. Who you made tap out with a rear naked chokehold. Dude, when his spine cracked as I like, because I jerked him and then I jerked hard and it was like, crack. I'm like, oh shit, did I break him? <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave this in there, but the person will remain nameless. What, what is it they say before? Like one of the, the, the facts in here are true, but the... We protect the innocent. Yeah. We've changed the names. <laughs> the innocent, we mean weak. <laughs> Before this goes on too much longer, I know, Chase, that y'all had released a Tennessee batch one. How many barrels go into this batch for the state of Tennessee? I think you said about 100 cases, right? Yeah, there was um, 86 cases. It was three barrels, two Colombian oak, 21% rye, four barley, 75 corn, MGPs, and one ISC char four. Uh, 21% rye MGP that was like five year, three month. And then the two Colombian oak ones were like a couple months shy of six year. So it's five and six year juice basically. <clears throat> so um, those Colombian ones are just, they're different. Like they're like charcuterie board. I get a lot of like nutty. I don't know. They're just way different. Um, a lot of vanilla, but at the same time you're getting like some just different wood notes. But then that ISC kind of brings just a traditional, Char four, 21% there, the sweet, you know, the caramely maple syrupy MGP. So it's it's only three barrels. We um, just blended Friday, a seven-barrel blend for Tennessee Batch 2, though. So that is coming. You know, we are available. Available, yeah. You if you guys... ever want to do a blend together. Yeah, John's on Farmers Only. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoy Farmers Tans and Overalls. <laughs> But I'm just saying we ought to do a blend together. We we've been doing that for some places uh and doing distro picks lately just because it's less work for us. We don't have to worry about getting them out to anybody. We just go ahead and uh slap our name on it and do the work with the the distilleries and then they get it out to distro and then people can go find it and you know, the barrel picks for us are the one thing that Zeke does and I know that could be taxing on him. He needs his naps at night. 
And so anything we could do to let Zeke have his naps and I will continue to do the lion's share of the work, we will do that. So that hence we've been doing distro picks a little more lately. Yeah, like through Tennessee distribution. Yeah, and I know Tennessee's all weird. So are you in Nashville, Knoxville, or you know, there uh, are separate distributors within the state? Uh, so we're with Ajax Turner in the Nashville market, and then they have some sister partnered company that's going to be in the middle Tennessee and Knoxville area. So we just have to, I need to remind him to send me that email. But yeah, we'll, we'll have full state coverage. And yeah, I mean, we could definitely do a blend pick. If you, like I just dropped off samples for uh, Kentucky Total Wine. They're getting a three barrel blend or... He said he might want like a five barrel because juice just doesn't stay on shelves. I don't know. Regardless of it being Nulu or as long as it's good juice. I mean, I had a retailer in Kentucky tell me they sold a nine year Knob Creek in like three or four days. That didn't happen last year. You know, it wasn't three or four days and the whole Knob Creek's gone. You know, I don't know. Especially certain stores, the reputations. I mean, it's basically <laughs> just, hey, so-and-so put out a pick. It, 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 I guess it kind of falls back almost on the conversation of the broker of like, well, what can you tell me about it? You know, like, oh, what they pick, what age is it, what mash bill, is it a rye or, you know, bourbon, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you talk too damn much. It's already sold out. Sorry, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's yeah. been the case here for at least more than a minute, and it definitely currently is. So-and-so's got a pick. Oh, just go grab it. I don't even know what it is. I'm just here for the pick. <laughs> it's it's crazy there's more and more people getting into bourbon and like the people that get into bourbon are usually you know they, they don't want to just dip their toe like they dive in head first and like you guys know like that common joke of oh my wife's mad she told me to start selling off some of my bottles i got 50 it's like oh boy just wait like it, it just gets worse from here you sell two and you're like wait i could i can buy more and drink a more expensive one and then just the snowball effect of collecting and drinking and cracking nice bottles with people it's beautiful i mean you see behind me right now so (laughs) yeah it it is what it is but zeke i don't know if you've been sipping through this one and i know he kind of gave us he did a bad thing we still love you Uh, anyway chase because you did send us this bottle and you started to tell us what the barrels give you instead of us fight you know because the second you say like oh i get this and and get that that all of a sudden people are like oh yeah i do get that you know, like uh, I, I do get the nuts, but luckily I've been jotting notes before you even said that. And the first thing that came to my mind, I don't know, Zeke and I have different palates and smellers, but I got thick, creamy vanilla ice cream on mm-hmm. the nose. Maybe that's because I'm a chubby guy and I just kind of like ice cream. But I mean, I it, so my notes to food. Me too. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. It was very thick. Like the nose is not a thin nose at all. You know, it's kind of a full pour, even mm-hmm. from getting that nose on there. I don't know about you, Zeke, what you got. Well, I actually had this um, probably about two weeks ago, right when it first came in the market. You know, I finally met up with our buddy uh, Dan, the bearded dram, and, and he happened to have mm-hmm. an open. So I, I've been exposed to this before, so to speak. Trying to compare that in my memory to this one, I assume what you got was a fresh cracked bottle and I probably got a fresh cracked sample. So I, I felt like the nose was a little more astringent than what I'd had from an open that had gotten some airtime to it. Nose-wise, though, past the astringency, uh, I picked up very light caramel and vanillas and a little bit deeper. I, I got what reminded me of kind of uh, orange, orange rind maybe essence. Uh, it, Kind of reminded me of Grammy RNA to a light degree. And I know I've had some some MGP stuff in the past that 
it had this weird orange citrus note to it. And that that's really what this reminded me of. You know what Zeke and I dream of? I dream of ice cream and he dreams of grandma. So like <laughs> comes through the notes. Sicko. <laughs> um, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, man. <laughs> um, I love grandma. Oh, yeah. Grab me her name, not grandma's. Jesus, John. <laughs> it's that Alabama that, like, close to Alabama. Grandma Nair. <laughs> um, Zeke will never look at New Lou the same. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, palate wise. <laughs> Right on the tip of the tongue, I got the sweetness that that reminds me of like you take a box of nerds and just chuck like you know half the box back you know around Halloween time or whenever. The sweetness that was there for me, I, I don't know how to describe it. And then behind that, I kind of had what I thought was uh, you know a little bit of the pop from the alcohol and the proof to it. Not quite pop roxy, but in the the, the the theme of candy going forward, I would say it was like a nerds kind of thing at the front end, and maybe a little bit of pop rocks in the middle. And towards the back, I, I thought it kind of closed out with white fruits. Pear is usually my default there. I should probably work on finding other options that uh, are also applicable, maybe a, a light peach or something, but it was white fruits to a degree. Overall, um, I felt like this had more of an alcohol tone to it than, like I said, the open bottle I'd had a couple of weeks ago. <clears throat> I remember when we had it, uh, kind of the generic theme between the three of us that were tasting that day, I all just thought, wow, you know, for, for five-year cash drinks juice, this is very approachable, not offensive in any way, and easy drinker, as hard as that is to kind of also say at the same time with five years in cash strength. Um, especially with the variances in MGP like we've talked about earlier. Well, one of the things I would say is I've had this open the whole time we've been talking, which has been well over an hour at this point, and it definitely moved from where it was an hour ago. I, I think that vanilla ice cream really set in the more that you let it sit out. and There was a little astringency. It wasn't necessarily a fresh crack. I don't know something that I pour for you and it sits around for two weeks. It's no longer a fresh crack at that point, but I did transfer it from the bottle to a sample bottle, which has been sealed for a couple of weeks. So I don't know like whether or not that becomes a fresh crack or not. Maybe it's been a week. It's been sealed at this point. I mean, if you crack it and you pour it for me and then you sell the sample bottle, I in essence have a fresh crack unless you give me like a two ounce pour and a six ounce bottle. I mean, you got my saliva in there a little bit when I had to sip off the, you know, the, the excess runoff on the top. But I think uh, one of the things I would say, too, is there's a little bit of cinnamon for me on the, you know, on the palate. A little bit of spiciness, but definitely a, a lot of caramel. You know, I, I would agree with Zeke that the sweetness is there, but I think there is a fair amount of creamy caramel that's on there. Just a little bit of heat but not too much and it's not like an astringent heat it's very much a cinnamon heat for me but overall i thought it was a super solid pour how much is this going for chase um with it having some older stock that's just shy of six years i think it was retailing at like 69.99 down in tennessee does that sound about or i don't know if y'all seen it on shelves or there's only 86 cases but i think it was about 70 bucks we don't make it out enough Honestly, I think Zeke was in a store tonight. I have just been slammed. I feel like I'm behind on life lately, but that is a whole other story. 
<laughs> Oddly enough, if I go into stores, it's usually not for bourbon. Grandma, like we talked about, I picked up some chartreuse today. You know, you end up in enough bourbon groups and have enough friends. It, I guess it sounds really awkward and, and almost maybe weird, but it's like, I don't really go into stores for bourbon anymore. It, it, it's available and, you know, we all pass it around. We all share it, whether it be samples, bottles, picks, whatever. Like, I, I don't have to go, I don't have to walk into a business anymore to get bourbon. No. I mean, I think it's safe to say that, that my daily drinkers at this point, a lot of them were discontinued and I bought up cases when I could. Mm. I found a case of liter seven year virgin bourbon. So I nice. have those sitting around. You know, I think Zeke drank off all of his Heaven Hill bottled and bond the six year. Do you have any left of that? I mean, yeah, I got one left. It's uh, on that shelf right behind you, and I go for it whenever I come down to your house. I know. I hide it now when you come <laughs> over. J- John's going to be on an episode of Hoarders one day. <laughs> wait for when they do the bourbon edition. He'll, he'll be in the first season. Zeke says that, but he hasn't been over my house in a good, like, eight, nine months. He has no idea what I've drank through. <laughs> you don't know what a COVID pandemic and his liver can do in eight nine months. <laughs> That's a lot of alcohol that can get processed. Uh, um, just so we don't fall off on the, the review point as well, my simple thoughts were with brokers, everything else, and as much competition as there is, I, I think the price point is what the market has has kind of set and justified. Is it higher than I would prefer to pay for, you know, daily drinkerish? Sure, and I, I think we can all agree there. <laughs> you know, is is Bernie lovers from Heaven Hill is famous for saying it, it's the bourbon business, not the bourbon charity. So uh, I think from the consumer side, we'll, most of us will always kind of have that gripe. But, you know, like you said, when it, when it flies off the shelf, it's really hard to blame or, 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 or bitch, I guess, for lack of a better words, at someone. You know, if we're in those shoes and we can sell a commodity for that, we certainly would and should too. But uh, no, I, I thought that the drinkability of it for the age of the product and what went into it was, was really good. And especially with MGP more so than most younger cash drink things, I think it really boils down to, for me, how much char and kind of salty bitey bitter is there at the back or, or is it enjoyable at cash strength? And, you know, the same theme for barrels, that's where it all boils down to. But what went into this blend definitely doesn't have any of that. And, and to me, that's where I give it the thumbs up. When I look at an NDP and them being able to blend and discern, yeah, that that's not really enjoyable at cash strength or, yeah, this is something anybody, you know, if you need water, cool, ice, yeah, whatever. Either way, it's going to be enjoyable as a final product. And, and, you know, that that's where your, you know, name and reputation lies as well. So to that note, uh, I, I give it a thumbs up. I think I would agree with that a hundred percent. I'll make it really easy. <laughs> you laugh at me for being asleep, but you know, once the sleeping bear wakes up, he gets wordy. No, but I would agree with everything you said. I mean, I think, is it a little bit more than I would like to pay a hundred percent? Is there a lot of stuff that goes in there? Is it coming from a broker? Are they blending it together? Are they showing their prowess as a blender opposed to, you know, actually distilling it a hundred percent or is blending coming into fashion more 
in 2021 than in other years, 100%. So I think there's something to be said for all of that. Would I love to see it as a sub-60 bottle? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's all stuff that's going to come in time. And, you know, it's just as the brand, you got to remember, too, with this brand. I mean, this is a brand that went from starting because they were in debt to growing and growing and growing and it's amazing to see that growth and what you all have been able to do from it and uh that that's all i'll say i mean we don't we don't have to harp on all of it you guys are just kicking ass and taking names and keep it up thank well, you we're all you know friends adults and I, I i enjoy that you know chase anybody else we've had on the show we can have those conversations with of hey you know we're consumers we we see the other side of the coin and we get it and you know, we'll throw out there what our thoughts are. Does it mean it's a, a dig or a jab or anything? You know, it's, it, it's, I'm sure it's stuff other people have said. So um, before we even put out the batch, like when we were talking to the, cause our distributor in Tennessee, they came up and blended it with us. And I was like, Hey man, you know, there's mostly almost six year barrels left. Like we're waiting on a truck of 55 years, you know, and those, we had to pay more for those. So those are going to cost more. Cause they turn, you know, six in a month and a half. And he said, it's fine. As long as the juice justifies the price. And so where we settled, he, he took two of the six years and one of the five years. And it was like, well, you know, it's just, like you said, it's bourbon business and it's unfortunate, you know, but we, we try to keep the older barrels out and keep the flavor as best as best as we can. And it's sad to say that an older barrel is just one year older, but like you said, we're really young. So (laughs) like places are taking age statements away. Do they hold value? Sure. But does it guarantee quality or a flavor? Hell no. Uh, in that regard, I would almost to some degree be fine with, you know, most of your general products, not needing or requiring one. Like you say, if, if the taste justifies it, cool. I did wonder though, you know, as someone that was active in the bourbon community prior and, and still is, do you catch any flack or, or get anything from, from other guys in the community like, hey, man, are you shitting me with this price? Or like, come on, what are you doing here? Well, like, let, let's you, not, you know how it is. <laughs> let's not beat the price. No, that's not what I'm asking. I just mean like is, is someone that like us, like, you know, in the bourbon community, not always on the business side of things where you've got friends, I'm sure, that be like, dude. I got to pay this to get, you know, you know how we are. Everybody's I know, awesome. but I, I mean, we got it. Sorry, right. that, that wasn't the angle I was going for. It was more just like people. I know, but we, my phone's about to die. So we got to oh. get, like, is there something better than that that you want to ask before we wrap uh, it up? Sure. So also, I guess, you know, semi short-term, long-term-ish. Any other special projects in the works? Any finishes, staves, you know, all the fun stuff people like to do these days you can, uh, you know, share with us? No staves right now, um, but uh, yeah, Tennessee picked a six-year. It's been finished in Tawny Port, and so that's still chilling. We want that to age a little longer. The finish just keeps getting better and better. We blended two barrels <clears throat> to fill that cask because it's a 65-gallon cask, and we blended two barrels that like our tasting notes just said charcuterie board. They smelled like Parmesan and like it just smelled like it needed to be drank with wine or eaten with wine. Like they're, they're just super weird barrels on there. Almost. I don't know, but in the Tawny port, they're sweet. They're salty. They're, it's just something, you know, you taste barrels all day. You're like, what barrel do I need to taste now? Cause I'm sick of just bourbon, 
that Tawny port will get it done. Um, we have about eight, seven or eight um, X Oloroso Sherry Apple Brandy finishes going. So it was a, a Oloroso Sherry barrel that had Apple Brandy in it for five years at Copper and Kings. They dumped them. We drove around the block and picked those up. And so those give off crazy flavor. The barrels go from dark and nutty and dark fruity sherry to bright apple brandy. And then they kind of just keep finding that equilibrium of all these different flavors on top of the whiskey. Those are really cool. But all of those are only one-offs, right? Because like you talk about all these finishes, I know specs are probably thinking that that's 180 bottles that they could have gotten in their stores. So like, what's the plan there when it comes to doing a whole lot of finishes versus like what the main brand is? So like we bought 10 of those sherry casts on top of the three we had. So we should, I mean, we'll have 13 when it's all said and done. But when uh, you bought them, they were already aging in the sherry? The sherry had already been dumped and the apple brandy had already aged for five years and those have been dumped. So they're at that point, they're an Oloroso sherry apple brandy barrel. Got it. So we have 13 of those with whiskey in them. Um, so those we'll do picks of those, like the customers that have supported us the most. And they're like, Hey, we've done five single barrels, three toasted bourbons. We've done toasted rye. What can we do? Like, do you have anything else? That's what those are for. Um, and we bought heavy on those barrels because copper and Kings had them. They're fresh getting barrels that aren't rinsed to finish in. That's a huge key in this game is you order from a broker and you get a peach brandy barrel and it's been rinsed. That sucks. I wish I could have gone around the corner to Copper and Kings and got a cast strength peach brandy barrel, but they didn't have it. We have some apple brandy barrels finishing. Um, we've done peach brandy, cherry brandy, um, maple syrup. We'll probably do a round of those. We're just limited on space. We can only keep about 300 barrels on hand at all times. So we're kind of just recycling the same space of 50 to 100 barrels every few weeks. But we just bought... Um, or we're buying the morgue across the street to store some barrels and glass. <laughs> yeah. Baxter Avenue morgue. I so, can't wait till it's special morgue barrel. And then yeah, you could I think charge over a hundred bucks a bottle for that shit. <laughs> it was aged with extra spirits. <laughs> so there's a haunted house there. Like every October too. That's it's like supposedly one of the scariest ones. So there's tornado survivors. Why can't it be morgue survivor? <laughs> The Exorcist barrel, all that good stuff. It's coming. Um, instead of those, uh, you know, those random tequilas that have the worm in them, you just have a bottle with a toe in it. <laughs> That's right. Well, Chase, I think we could talk to you forever, and I think that we will have you on. We'll have to have you on sometime soon to do a follow up because it's crazy. I feel like we just scratched the surface of what Nulu has, and I feel like. I think it's one of those things, at least for me, where I was going in kind of expecting one thing, and it was my naivety for not fully understanding everything that, that Nulu has been doing and Prohibition Craft has been doing. And it's one of those interviews where I come out going like, damn, that is not what I was expecting at all, but it was so much better than what I was expecting and <laughs> wishing all the best for you and your family as you're going through this. And, uh, can't wait to see how you all grow and i'll definitely have to pay you a visit up in louisville sooner rather than later inversely uh, you, you finally summed everything up for us there big cat chase thank you for being on thanks for having me guys it was a good time talking to y'all yeah find him on instagram at prohibition craft 
You can find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast, but you already have because you're listening to us right now. Thank you, Chase, again for coming on. Thank you for sending us this bottle. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Music City, U.S. of A. Cheers. Ciao. Cheers.